Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, 21st of December is officially the darkest day and here we go again with some more gloomy news. The stadium restrictions, which effectively mean closed doors football from Boxing Day onwards for three weeks. But who knows what happens after that. The First Minister announced this afternoon that crowds at outdoor events would be limited to 500 people with one metre social distancing. And that affects sport in Scotland at all levels. But obviously we're, we're immediately thinking is at the top level. Um, and we're talking... Uh, John Hartson, mm-hmm. about a 500 limit, if it goes ahead, because a lot could change between now and then, a 500 fans limit uh, for the old firm match on the 2nd of January. Well, it, it's incredibly disappointing. I think um, if you look at Celtic are a, a different proposition when, when they play in front of their own fans, you know that. I think last season proved that they missed the fans. That wasn't the only reason, by the way, that they, they lost the league by so many points. There were, there were other factors to that. But what what I'm finding it difficult to deal with, Rob, is on Buchanan Street in the middle of Glasgow, there'll be a thousand, two thousand people. The public, they'll they'll all be shopping. Uh, Socky Hall Street, exactly the same. There'll mm. be there'll be thousands of people going out, Boxing Day sale, Boxing Day sales, everything else, and you can only get five hundred fans into a sixty thousand seater stadium. Whereas clubs like Alloa, Queens Park, smaller grounds, smaller clubs. They can also get 500 fans into their ground. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. Surely there's got to be a certain percentage of the, of the crowd allowed into the stadium. I'm not, I'm not trying to go against all the, the science and everything else, mm. but a, a lot of it just it just doesn't quite add up to me, a lot, a lot of the numbers and what they're trying to say. It's a massive talking point, isn't it? Uh, 0808 17 17 700. If you want to have yours say, are you backing today's decision or uh, are you thinking that football is an easy target? And here we go again. Talking about Celtic, John just was. Uh, this statement is just broken from Celtic Football Club. Everyone at Celtic, it says, recognises the difficulties presented to society by the current pandemic and the health and safety of all must always be our priority. In light of today's announcement regarding supporters attending matches, Celtic can confirm that it is today requested that the SPFL bring forward the scheduled winter break, which is due to start after the games on the 2nd and 3rd of January, 
and reschedule the fixtures affected by the regulations announced, which would, of course, include uh, Celtic against Rangers on the second. Uh, the game owes it, say Celtic, to supporters to explore all opportunities to maximise the prospect of all supporters being able to attend matches and support the game they love. Stephen Craigan, what do you reckon? Well, first of all, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Why the figure of 500? Is that just plucked out of the air? Does, you know, does the Omicron variant not affect people or affect over 500 people? It just seems strange with that number. Is three weeks going to be the be-all and end-all? Or is it three weeks like it was 18 months ago? Three weeks, but another three weeks, and then another three weeks, and it continues on. So uh, I underst completely understand Celtic's point of view, but is there any guarantees that these games now will be played before the end of the season without... You know, restrictions on crowd numbers because uh, if the first lockdown was to go by this is going to be more than three weeks mm. uh, and if that's the, the evidence that the SPFL are getting they will want the season to end so it means you may just be continually knocking games back and knocking them back and knocking them back and eventually they could be played with, with no supporters or 500 in March or April so unless they have any guarantees that these games can be played Rob uh in February or March with full stadiums then what's the point in bringing the winter break forward and shutting football down now when it may not open anyway uh, This is an agenda that could be changing in the course of the two hours as ever breaking news on the Go Radio football show St Mirren Football Club can confirm that it has requested postponement of our upcoming Cinch Premiership matches against Celtic. That's tomorrow night, of course, due to be played. And Rangers coming up following further positive COVID tests. Uh, they were already in a pretty dire situation in terms of available players. Uh, that clearly, according to the Paisley team, has got worse. The statement continues. Uh, We've tried our utmost to fulfil the fixture. However, following further positive COVID cases this morning, we're unable to field a team for either match with a significant number of first-team players and staff unavailable. The health and well-being of our players and staff remains our utmost priority and we will continue to take every precaution necessary. We are in continued discussions with the SPFL and we will keep supporters updated as we look for a resolution to this matter. We do uh, expect... Um, some sort of re um, response from the what's the word I'm looking for? What's the organisation I'm looking for? The the response, the, the joint response, yeah, group. the joint response group in the course of the show. Uh, but it looks very much as if those games are, are going to be called off if that statement and request crag is upheld. Yes, well, you only have to look back a month or so ago when Hibbs in the exact same situation on the day of the game against Ross County in Dingwall, they had positive tests in the morning of the game. The game was called off. Uh, and then went into an international break, so Hibs didn't miss as many fixtures. Ross County away and Livingston away was called off, so they were rescheduled. So the precedent's been set on that front that I think the the magic number that was agreed in the summer with the SPFL and its members, certainly top flight members anyway, was you had to have 13 fit and available players to play a game. The number of goalkeepers was irrelevant. So if you had eight fit outfield players and you had five goalkeepers, it's what I was led to believe the game would have to go ahead, which would seem um, incredibly stupid. But anyway, that's that was the rule set in the summer. So if they don't have th uh, 13 fit and available players, including goalkeepers, Rob, and they can't field the team, then 
the games have to be called off, simple as. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the fixtures, John. So, so obviously we we know already that that St Mirren against Celtic is due to be played tomorrow night. It sounds very much as if it won't be played uh, now uh, tomorrow night, and it's Boxing Day um, for Rangers at home to St Mirren, and obviously St Mirren are telling us at the moment that they're not going to be able to have enough first team players to, to play that one as well. But I, I guess at the moment all bets are off for, for just about everything, aren't they? Because um, it may be if there is a growing campaign at the moment to bring forward the winter break, then the games that do manage to go ahead tomorrow night and maybe at the moment only two of them, uh, that could be that and, and the break comes at that point. Well, exactly. And I think first and foremost, we are all wanting for everyone's the games to go ahead. But let's not forget, you know, this is a a health and safety sort of for the players, players' healths and the managers and the crowd is paramount. Yeah. You know, ultimately, and this is why, you know, these games are being called off. They're not being called off for any other reason. If if people, if, if, if St. Mirren can't field, you know, a team, if they've got the numbers that Craig's just alluded to not available, then, then the games will be called off. Yeah. It's pretty clear to me. Yeah. Let's get uh, Derek involved in the discussion. Derek's a Rangers fan joining us now. Hi, Derek. Uh, good evening, panel. Right, uh, do you think Celtic would be asking for a postponement or the winter break to be brought forward if the game was at Ibrox and Celtic had a fully fit squad? Do you think Celtic's self-interest here? I think, Derek, I've, I think Celtic will be looking forward to play in Rangers on the second with a full with a full house. I think the the game is 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 looking like it's going to be a fantastic occasion. It was obviously before they they called the crowd only 500 fans allowed in the stadium. It wouldn't really affect Rangers anyway because no Rangers fans would be in the stadium. Um you know, but what what I'm saying is I just feel that because of the situation, I I don't think there's a conspiracy. I don't think Celtic are trying to do anything untoward in terms of, you know, in in terms of changing the fixture or, or looking to bring the winter break forward or whatever. For me, it's just a case of, you know, these are unprecedented times. We go back into, you know, um, the, the, the we we are led by Nicola Sturgeon and the government, and I, I just think that that for me. I, th- I think Celtic would be generally looking forward to playing Rangers with the form, you know, w- one defeat in 16 and Rangers also in great form under Giovanni van Bronckhurst. I think it was, it was, you know, turning into a game that everybody was looking forward to. But no great surprise uh, that there'll be plenty uh, Craig's conspir- conspiracy yeah. theories flying around. Well, the very first point I made was, and it could maybe Derek might agree or might not, is there any guarantees these games will be played with a full house at any stage the rest of the season? Because the words being used by the government spreading rapidly, you know, but we can wait the Boxing Day before we start our lockdown. Mm. You either start a lockdown now or you don't. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I mean, if it's spreading that badly and that rapidly, you know, that has to be drastic action taking place. It can't be, well, we'll just delay it another four or five days and we'll kick it in then. That didn't add up for me. Uh, and then if we bring the winter break forward and we get to the middle of January, is there any guarantees that more than 500 people will be allowed in? Oh, no, we're going to continue it for another three weeks, right? What about the end of those three weeks? Is there any guarantee we're allowed in any more than 500? Well, we'll give it another three weeks. So we just keep knocking games back and games back further and further back. And the season then has to be played into June and July. Mm-hmm. You've got international games coming up in June with the Nations League. So there's going to be a cutoff point 
where it's going to be impossible to fit all the games in. So unless there's any guarantees that after the th if the winter break is brought forward by a week, so it means the, the games will start back in the middle of January. If there's a guarantee there'll be full houses in the middle of January, go for it. If there's not, then I think we have to play whatever games are possible to play with team or teams who've got fully fit players. The games have to be played. Is it 500 fans, Rob, or is it 500 people all in in the stadium? It's it's five hundred fans. I think I think that that that's a num the number of football supporters. Well, who, who picks your, who picks the five hundred well, fans? Well, well, that's <laughs> that, well, that's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Especially when you if you're talking about January the second. Mm. Yeah, and our argument, Derek, has been: How did the government come to five hundred? Is there any science behind that? Is there any mm. data behind that, or is that just? We used 500 before and nobody really questioned it. So we'll just throw 500 in again and hope no one really notices it. Yeah. You know, well, why is it why is it not a percentage of of the <laughs> you know, of, of the capacity yeah. inside the ground? Because you know, as John said right at the top of the show, 500 Ockelview watching Stenhouse Muir in that in those surroundings is a bit different from Ibrox or Celtic Park. Yeah. Well, I think Motherwell had said they can get their full the last lockdown. They said they could get in their full season ticket allocation spread throughout the stadium and have their one metre social distance. And mm. that was the, the distance that, uh, that uh, Nicholas Sturgeon had mentioned today, a metre. So Motherwell reckon, certainly last time out, they could get 5,000 mm. or five and a bit thousand into their full stadium, Rob. Socially distanced, in and out safely. And they still said, no, it's 500. Why? No, but you know Who what? knows? Do you know what, Craig? If I was one of those lucky 500, I wouldn't go. How can you go and, and, and feel good about going and about, in terms of depriving other yeah, people yeah, from going? Yeah, I agree no, with you. no, but just because I have respect for the rest of the fans who, who are locked out yeah. and can't physically get in, um, you think to yourself, well, yeah, I'm the lucky of 500, but there's 60,000 fans that are going to miss yeah. out, or 59,500 fans are going to miss out. Are you going to enjoy it? If there's only five hundred yeah. of you, you want to go and enjoy it with the rest of the with the rest of the fans that in a full house situation. Yeah. Personally, if I was one of those lucky five hundred fans to get in there, I wouldn't go out of respect to the other Celtic fans that are missing out on on what what is a great show. You it's, know, peace game. John, your honest opinion. Who do you think will win the league? And be honest, Celtic. Through your green tinted. Ah. <laughs> Derek, did you expect anything else? <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Derek? Derek, I'll tell you what. Go on, you be honest, mate. What do you think? I think Rangers will be too strong. <laughs> and, and I think, Derek, we expected that one from you yeah. as well, to be fair. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Celtic have well, won. I, 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 Derek, Derek. Stephen, who does Stephen think? Um, Stephen, uh, Stephen's a neutral. Do you know what? Who does he think? I, th I think this all-firm game would have given a huge indication of which way it was going to go. Mm. Because Celtic have won 15 out of the last he 17 likes games. Because uh, I don't know. Uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst has won seven out of eight or six out of seven since he came in. Yeah. So that's why I think it would have been a clearer picture after this game on the 2nd of January to see which way it was going to go. If Celtic won it, I think all the momentum's with them. If Rangers go and don't lose, then I think they still hold the upper hand. Derek, I still think it could go either way. I think at the start of the season, you know, I think a lot of the Celtic fans were thinking, let's let's just try and stay on Rangers' tail. Let's try and make a bit more a fist of it this season rather than last season, the way it went. Um, and I just think 
under Ange winning his first trophy at the weekend. That'll give him a bit of momentum. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has come in and did fantastic things since he's come in. He's made Rangers winning, you know, in Europe and, of course, uh, in the league. They're on a great run themselves. And I think, Derek, genuinely, a lot can happen. And, and, and I'm going to say this as well. I'm not sure whether these Celtic Rangers games will decide the league. It's it's to, it's tomorrow night if it goes ahead. It was at Ross County last week where where mm. um, um, what's it called Anthony Ralston scored yeah. in the ninety seventh minute. It's Rangers getting the last minute goal. You know it's seeing games through, going to Aberdeen, tough tough games, tough places to go and get results. It's not always these Celtic Rangers games that actually decide where the title goes because you've got to take care of business. In the other games, yeah, you've got to make sure but, if you. So what you would win, say is, up until now, they have taken care of business in the other games. Yeah, so it may boil down Rob, to the. Yeah, Rob, I, yeah, Derek. If, if the games have moved back mm. and they're not played to the middle of January, maybe February, yeah. do you think it should only be the players that are registered just now? It should play in the, the three games that they're going to miss. Oh, wow, there's a question. Well, it's a hard one because, you know, if. If someone was suspended, you could maybe understand that. But if somebody's injured just now and they're fit come the middle of January, you can't really say, well, you know, you're not playing in that game because let's be honest, it isn't the player's fault. I, I, I didn't mean, you know? Stephen, that, that if you sign a new player, I mean, do you think they should be allowed to play in the game? This if you sign a new player, well, I think if you got a signing over the, the, the line on the 1st of January, they would be available for the 2nd. Are you worried, Derek, about who Celtic might sign in January? Not at all, because I think Rangers are strengthened. I think Rangers are saying a centre-half, mm. a midfield playmaker. I think they've been crying out for and I wasn't a Gerrard fan, but I think that was a player that he should have signed. And I mm -hmm. think they're saying a right-winger. I think Rangers are saying three players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. John, Derek, John mentioned that that uh, Anthony Ralston uh, last seconds goal in Dingwall last week. But, uh, I mean, that, that winner for Rangers against Dundee United at the weekend was massive as well, wasn't it? Opening up a seven-point seven point gap at the top. Especially that I was working and couldn't see the game. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, by all accounts, you didn't miss much. It wasn't the greatest of spectacles, no. by all accounts. And, and, you know, Dundee and I were very young, well, very it, inexperienced. It's games like that, Stephen. It's games like that you've got to win. Yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Absolutely, yeah. Totally. totally. You, got another you got another pen as well, Derek. Another penalty settled it. Yeah, Big John's got a West thing about Rangers getting penalties, hasn't he? I have. That, that, I certainly have. Did you see that's it? What I certainly have. Was it a penalty or not? Sorry, it was a penalty, so I don't know what you had a fly dig about it for. Yeah. Well, it was I another. Respect, it, I think more Rangers fans would respect you more if you're a wee bit more fairer. If it's if it's not it a, a penalty, call it. If it's a penalty, say it's a penalty. It was a clear pe clear penalty, John, penalty. wasn't it? It was a clear handball, wasn't it? John was in Edinburgh at the time, and he still managed to say it was a penalty. Sure. <laughs> John's, mic John's microphone seems to have gone a bit faulty. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> you're not uh, sure it was a penalty. His no. arm right there. I'm not sure. Scott McMahon. No, to be I'm fair, not sure. He only caught it with one hand. So maybe it has to be two. Derek, good to hear from you. Cheers, Derek. Thanks, Cheers, Derek. Derek. All the best. That's uh, Derek uh, clashing early on in the show with John Hartson. And, uh, well, it's been a, a moving feast already in the first 20 minutes of the Go Radio football show. Uh, hearing uh, that St Mirren are making moves to have their game with Celtic and the upcoming Boxing Day game against Rangers called off uh, for COVID reasons because they've had more positive results. Um, and right at the top of the show, the breaking news that uh, Celtic are asking the SPFL to have the winter break brought forward uh, rather than uh, starting in the first few days of January. They would like it to begin a whole lot sooner 
um, on the day that it's been announced um, that uh, there will be a, a limit of 500 fans inside sporting events, outdoor sporting events in Scotland, implemented from Boxing Day. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cregan. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! And on the Go Radio Football Show, we're trying to keep you up to date with what's happening uh, within Scottish football and it is moving in the course of the, the show, right at the top of the show, bringing you news, of course, about that 500 uh, fan number restriction on all outdoor sporting events in Scotland from Boxing Day. So it obviously affects a lot of high-profile games uh, coming around. We've also heard, of course, that St Mirren are petitioning the SPFL to have uh, their game against Celtic tomorrow night and the game at Ibrox on Boxing Day against Rangers. Should that go ahead in any case? Uh, they want that one called off because they don't have enough players, more positive COVID cases in the uh, St Mirren camp. And of course, uh, before that, we brought you the news uh, that Celtic were asking the SPFL to bring forward the winter break, which is due to kick in after the 2nd and 3rd of January. Games are played, including, of course, a Glasgow and an Edinburgh derby. But Celtic are reckoning it should happen a whole lot sooner. The plan being, of course, that uh, that 500 fan ceiling operates for three weeks. Uh, will it be three weeks? Well, we don't have a clue at the moment. And uh, we don't have a clue about quite a lot of things that are going on at the moment because it is changing rapidly. Let's talk to Paul, who's a Celtic fan in Hamilton. Hi, Paul. Hi, guys. How you doing? All right, Paul. Um, well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in agreement, but actually, for once, with Stephen and with John as well. How they oh. keep me this song, like this figure, a five hundred, is absolutely madness. Now you're talking about sixty thousand stadium, uh, Celtic Park, obviously, the opposite side of Glasgow, where uh, fifty thousand. Why they brought in the five hundred? Now they're eleven two hundred seated, and an indoor arena. But yet again, it seems to be the supporters for football are the ones that suffering. Yeah. I mean, I think it just seems absolutely madness. Yeah. I can see the point where, like, the Celtic were saying, "Look, let's bring the, the shutdown quicker, okay?" Because we actually look at some of what's actually happened with St. Mum, when it's actually spread right through some of the entire, more or less the entire squad, and you actually you look at again what happened last weekend with English Premiership. It's madness. Yeah, I think if there's if the players aren't available within a club, then call the game off. I absolutely agree with it. Uh, you know. Spot on, Paul's right. But, you know, for the, I just think that the games have to go on. That's my big concern is, you know, when are we going to get them played? Mm. Is there going to be a difference in crowds? You know, do the SPFL get a chance to sit with the First Minister and ask these questions? Do they get, uh, are they privy to the data that's coming in so that they can then yeah. try and plan their season accordingly? Because if they're not going to get any fans in, yes, three weeks, I keep saying this, three weeks, we were told three weeks, 18 months ago, and we were nearly a year. So there's no there's no way they're telling us three weeks and that's it. You know, because when you've told lies once or you've made something up once, you ain't going to suddenly change your your outlook and your direction going forward. It's going to be the exact same. I think this is going to be a lot longer than three weeks. If the mm. words that were used in Parliament today are, are, are true about the rapid spread and the speed of it and how dangerous it is and, and, and how transmissible it is, then this isn't going to be three weeks. It's not going to disappear in three weeks and everybody's going to be fine in three weeks' time. No, there's 
don't you tell know. us that's going to happen. But I can actually come up with a solution. Okay. Okay. So if you get 60,000 Celtic fans turning up at Parkies on the second, right? Mm-hmm. And then just the cheese and wine and get away there. Well, the problem being that if, if fans congregate at a stadium, you know, what can they do outside? You're going to have to move them on or do something. You know, and you're not telling me supporters aren't suddenly now, if the game is played, they're not going to go to their mate's house and they're going to congregate in the 8s and 12s and 14s. And people say it's irresponsible, but people are fed up. Mm. People are fed up getting led down the garden path, wear a mask, get a vaccine, get a vaccine passport, uh, get another vaccine. You know, then we'll have to get a booster. And then it's still not enough. So football, not just football, life in general, is, you know, we're, we're back to square one almost. Yeah. It feels like we're taking massive strides back. And, I, and we're talking about football. We're not missing out life in general. We're talking about football because it's a football show we're talking about and the impact it has on the SPFL. Mm. That's the reason we're talking. We're not forgetting about the other aspects. No, there, is a, there is a big picture there is. overhanging all of this, but we're looking at it through the, through the football lens, if you like, at the moment. I'm, still, think, I'm still trying to get my head around a cheese and wine at Celtic Park <laughs> on the 2nd of January, but... <clears throat> I think I think Paul's got a point though. When he's thinking off on Boris, it does seem it does seem <laughs> to be football supporters are the ones who are missing out. Um, you know, in terms of everybody else on on Boxing Day will be going shopping, Boxing Day sales. There'll be thousands of people in Glasgow yeah. walking around. And, but it's not in, it's not so much the walking around, is it? It's the actual going into Buchanan Galleries yeah. or whatever. It's once once you're inside, yeah, but that, that's that's go, a, that. yeah, but you, you can go into Slater's and everybody's touching the clothes and trying yeah. things yeah, on yeah. and all yeah. that. People in Edinburgh the same. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you it's a massive arena, sixty thousand. Why can't you do some sort of a percentage? Yeah. Suppose what you're saying then, John, is is that is there a limit to five hundred people inside a shopping mall? You know, as Buchanan Galleries, for example, that's what yeah. you've mentioned. Is mm-hmm. it structured to five hundred? Is there a limit think, on five hundred people? Put, they, don't they put limits on? Or is there, isn't, there is no, there is no, no, there is no limit. So it defies your logic. Absolutely, that's, that's my point. It defies the logic of the not. are going to be chock a block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come this thing, and well, there'll, there'll be queues and everywhere. There'll be there'll be queues of people looking to get in. People save up over Christmas for the Boxing yeah. Day sales. Yeah. And potentially the pubs are going to be packed out as well, aren't they? Watch, watch, watching, yeah. watching the watching the game that they can't actually watching get into. Yeah. Mm. Well, what are they limited to? hundred? Don't know. I think it's a hundred inside, right. isn't it? A hundred people possibly inside. I haven't been through it all. It's just there's bits and pieces you pick up. You always pick up the bits that you think mm-hmm. impact you, and the football mm. is the first thing that impacted. Listen, I understand the reasons of stretching police and. You know, there's there's yeah. trains are off and buses are off. I get all that, but it's just it's the five hundred figure that nobody can seem to work out. That it's just plucked well, from nowhere. Yeah. And and what we've what we've had, Paul, is, is is the best part of two years to be planning for this, if you like. We've been through this already. We we've we've had no crowds at all. Then we've had the little the test crowds back. So so surely there's been enough research done over the last two years to know what sort of number is safe inside each football ground in Scotland. And it doesn't have to be just this banner figure of five hundred for everybody. I just I mean you can understand why. Like, so obviously, you've got the concourses, and obviously with the, the refreshment stalls and that below, which is all like indoors. But the majority, it's it's all outdoor. You can easily sort of put, like say, with Celtic or um, with Ibrox, you can easily sort of do the, the distance. Mullables, as you said earlier on, clearly stated that they can actually sort of bring all the season ticket holders out, mm. do within a sort of meter. But she's not even given the chance, you know, to mm. consult. She's just brought that in. Mm. Yeah, we're in the middle of a major pandemic, but it's actually this three-week thing is not going to work. 
So if it does, fine, they get sort of the numbers and that down. Well, fair play. So yeah, then maybe bring it forward. But what I don't think would allow is obviously the likes of Sky and so on and so forth to actually do that. I think. I mean, I think a lot of the concern is about the the travelling to and from yeah. the games, isn't it? That you know, it's it it all the the, the bit inside the ground is, is almost secondary to pre and post match and the prospect of lots of people gathering on public transport, mm-hmm. in toilets, you know, yeah. in wherever. On the way to the game and coming out of the game, that's and the, the, thing, and the cost of the policing and, and the ambulance services. service. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's I get all that, but surely, you know, they can do more than five hundred on a Wednesday night. I mean, if the if the Celtic Samaritan game was due to be at Celtic Park tomorrow night, mm. and you had sixty thousand there, for example, you then couldn't tell mm. me on Sunday you can only do five hundred. Mm. You know, it's only, yeah. only four days apart. So you know the the fall off. That was my point earlier. You either yeah. start it now, or you don't. You know, you can't decide on a Wednesday, well, we'll keep it going and then on Sunday we're going to change it all. Yeah. You know, the, again, if there's scientific reasons for doing that or data, let us see it. But they're not letting us see it because there is none. They've just picked the date, picked the number and said that's what we'll go with. That's what it seems like. Would you Would you be for that, Paul? Would you be for, let's do this right now. Let's not hang about. Let's not wait till the 2nd, 3rd of January. Let's let's just let's just implement these changes now. Aye, because there is every single squad in Scotland Right, when it's obviously um, they're all training together, they're all getting dressed, they're all changing them, so on and so forth. That risk is there, so let's do it now. I'm not running scared of playing them. No danger am I running scared of playing them. Right? But let's do it now. Let's turn it down and see how it goes. Because this is not going to go, oh, we'll see what it's like for three weeks. That's not going to happen. Never in a month of Sundays. No. So you'd be back... So it's well sort of doing it now. Yeah, so you'd be backing, Paul, what, what Celtic have said uh, right at the top of the show uh, that they want the SPFL to to bring the the winter break forward and and just get it done. Absolutely, aye. Because I mean, St Martin is the biggest example. Last weekend, uh, the English Premiership is another major example. Because there, there's a fixture. I mean, we were going to be talking about <laughs> when we get round to it. We're going to be talking about tomorrow night's games, Crags. But but already. Uh, One's going to go. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The yeah, SPFL are, are going to yeah. have to bow to scientific and medical advice and, and the proof that St Mirren have mm-hmm. that, that they can't actually field the team t- neither tomorrow nor Boxing no. Day. And that then may just further enhance their decision, Rob, to say, well, let's bring it forward. You know, if there's a game called off tomorrow night and already a game called off on Boxing Day, the SPFL are going to think, well, just in case something else comes, why not go early with it? Why not get it off as soon as possible? And then we can uh, try and recover. But, you know, we've said it. You know, if there is a guarantee that in three weeks' time, if we bring it forward a week, then we'll be allowed full houses again, then do mm. it. But if there's no guarantee or right. they can't give anything, then what's the point? Well, when would you... What, what, what date, in three I, weeks' time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Paul. What, what, what date then are we looking at restarting? Well, well, well <laughs> if, this, if this is going to get worse, well, then it's going to spread Exactly. More. Yeah, so, but, but I mean, it's moving at such a rate that maybe, you know, with a bit of luck, maybe this is going to blow itself out because it's expanding well, so. and spreading yeah. at such a rate. Maybe eventually we just build up a resistance to it and, and we do see some sort of resolution to this and we can get going again in in a full and unadulterated way with big crowds inside football grounds again. Yeah, I agree. But I don't imagine that will be three weeks' time. No. I, I just can't imagine that it's going to be three weeks. So if, they're, if the SPFL feel that that isn't going to happen in three weeks, then why bring it forward? Why not just play the games on through, let it go, and then have a winter break, and then you know we'll be another further week down the line after that. So who knows which way it's going to go? 
you know, until the SPFL and the government can speak mm. and can give a clear understanding, and I'm sure that's what the SPFL will be trying to do. They'll be yeah. trying to speak to the clubs and give them permission what they have. Is it enough to convince everyone that it is right to stop? Who knows? I mean, we don't have a clue in a negative way. This this yeah. could go on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, but we don't also... History tells us it will. Yeah, but we also haven't got a clue potentially in a positive way. And that, you know, this, yeah. does, this does blow itself out because, because it's expanding at yeah. a, just a ridiculous rate of knots at the moment. And clubs potentially can get these big games played with a big crowd and not lose a lot of money, John Hartson, because think about how much is going to be lost at, in that old firm game mm-hmm. and, and for all the teams there's loads of derby football Edinburgh Dundee derbies going on uh, that's a bit that's that's a lot of lost money down it the drain a, it is an awful a lost money but also there's 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 fans that have booked travel mm-hmm. um, there, there's there's ambulance service there's there's police um, that have got their schedules booked in their diaries what games they've got coming up these don't happen just overnight everything is booked prior mm. and organised so it's going to affect a lot of people and, and, and a lot of the smaller clubs as well um, are going to be affected because they want to get games played at this time of year Another really big factor Paul here and I'd like to hear your view on this is that football is such an escape valve for so many people isn't it in these grim times you know it's a it's a way of letting off steam um, it, it just can put a smile on your face um, you know where you've had a black cloud over your head um, and if we're going to be without it again for a spell it just really is a, a painful blow to a lot of people isn't it? It's going to be a blow I mean it's, it's a people sport let's be honest with you and it is a sort of it's going to be sort of hard but I can't see how they just say oh we'll see what it's like in three weeks time I, I mean that's just I've never heard anything like that in my fourth man. That's just absolutely madness. And it's, it just seems to be that all the sort of sports fans, you know, I'm a massive rugby fan as well. I mean, it's also going to affect 1872 mm. Cup as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it goes to sort of like there and it's then obviously through to Murrayfield and all. Murrayfield's just another massive stadium with 500 people in it. Yeah. Let, let's, end, let, let's end this, Paul, by putting a smile on your face. Uh, how much did you enjoy Sunday? Hamden. Oh, it was fantastic, man. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, can't take anything away for Kyogo uh, for his two goals. His first touch with the first goal was absolutely sublime. Second one, immense. Um, Hib's best player to me was Starfelt, but we'll not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that for, that's for another show. Maybe not. We might get around to that in this show, to be honest. But uh, yeah. Um, a lot of Celtic fans uh, not having him in terms of uh, his performance at the weekend and maybe quite a number of other performances as well. But Celtic got the job done. Uh, Kyogo with the goals and uh, Ange Postecoglou winning silverware at the first time of asking. Paul, uh, good to have you on, Paul. on the show. Take care of yourself yeah, and have a good, have a good, yeah. have a good Christmas. All the best. Football show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson, and Stephen Cragen. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Right, just drawing breath there. It's been a, a busy old show. Uh, it's the Tuesday version of the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Uh, good to have you with us and uh, welcoming your views as well as you get back to us with your reaction to the news, um, which has been uh, 
coming in waves today in terms of the the stories related to uh, COVID-19, the Omicron variant and what that all means to, well, we're looking at it uh, through the small lens of Scottish football, but obviously there there is a, a big picture at play and uh, St Mirren are wanting their match with Celtic tomorrow night called off. Celtic themselves are uh, wanting the winter break to be starting early as things stand it's a 500 fan limit on uh, all outdoor sporting events in Scotland from Boxing Day so that takes in uh, a lot of games we've just had the uh, statement <coughs> issued by the, the joint response group so it's basically Scottish football uh, and uh, their response to uh, what the First Minister has said today about sport uh, particularly of course with reference to Scottish football the GRG uh, says it sympathises with clubs and supporters across the country following today's confirmation that Scottish football will again be subject to restrictions on stadium capacity from Boxing Day, just recapping on it. And for three weeks thereafter, football attendances will be capped at 500 people in line with all outdoor events. One more, uh, one metre of physical distancing will also be required uh, within a stadium during that time. The GRG is already in discussions with Scottish Government on behalf of clubs to ensure any loss of income at this critical period will be compensated via the COVID-19 support fund announced by the First Minister. Uh, the GRG will be holding a series of consultations about the impact of the new restrictions over the next 24 hours. Uh, the GRG, it says, the statement has worked collaboratively with Scottish Government uh, throughout the pandemic to ensure the stadium environment can be a safe and enjoyable experience for all, including, of course, the recent introduction of vaccine certification, spot checking and asking supporters to demonstrate a negative lateral flow test prior to arrival. Uh, so all that has uh, been gone through. A daily tasting, uh, testing regime has been introduced across the SPFL and enhanced protocols implemented for playing and team staff. Um, equally, uh, we, we're aware, says the statement, of the threat of the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus and to that end have volunteered uh, the use of Stadia across the country to aid the vaccine and booster jab programmes, which are clearly crucial in the whole equation. Uh, we appreciate the tough decisions faced by the government and clinicians in suppressing the transmission of Omicron. And while we believe the mitigations implemented will have enabled Stadia to be as safe as possible for the two weeks prior to the winter break, we have no control over the transport risks highlighted in today's update. Um, and that, I guess, is getting to the nub of it in a way in that... Uh, all the clubs can do is control what happens inside the stadium. And they've certainly had uh, two years uh, to get that side of it sorted, Craigs. Uh, but what nobody can do anything about um, is what happens pre and post-match. Yeah, getting to and from the games. That seems to be the bigger issue. Uh, it's people on transport, people travelling in cars. Uh, they're talking about the spread of it becoming worse. So naturally, that's their concern. I still think we can get more than 500 in some stadiums that's still a figure that yeah. I, it still baffles me a little bit you know how on a Wednesday night we could get 60,000 on a Sunday we can get 500 you know it hasn't changed that much dramatically so you know the, listen we can talk go around in circles it looks as if there that the, the JRG uh, would look for financial help mm. from the government's COVID-19 um, pot of money that yeah, they I, I, I noticed that Aberdeen have said today Aberdeen Football Club we'll maybe hear at some point from Stephen Glass talking about the impact um, on fans going down from 
virtually full houses to to 500. And he, he's, his reckoning is that that three-week period of um, limitation could cost Aberdeen half a million pounds. That's just mm. that's just one football club putting a figure on it. Well, you know, Dave Cormack has been very vocal from the start, hasn't he? You know, he's been very open and honest from when lockdown first started about the cost to his club up towards ten million pounds. I think he mm. uh, spoke about initially. So it's cer- it's certainly not going away. Again, if there's compensation to be had, whether they whether they base it over an average over home games, but Paying supporters, hospitalities, clubs will have all their figures and all their books there if they have to um, put that towards the, the government funding. But certainly, if this is the way it's going to go, you know, considering how much football plays, we touched on it there, how much it plays a part in everybody's daily life and weekly life and keeps us going. It's an interest, it's a mental health side of it. Of course, we have the physical health, but, you know, the majority of people are doing what we've been asked to do, Rob. Mm. You know, we've been asked to take vaccine, get the vaccination, we've been asked to. You know, isolated at home. We've been asked to take lateral flow tests. We've been asked to take you know, another job. I know. You know, at, at what stage does this just keep going? Because, you know, my big thing is when you lock everyone up, your immune system becomes weaker. So naturally, then when you bring big big groups back together, there's a natural that, yeah. you know, your immune system's down, so you have yeah. more of a chance of catching things. So lockdowns, I think, has shown over this pandemic that it doesn't work. Yeah. Let, let's talk to Jordan, uh, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Jordan. Hi guys, how's it going? Hi Jordan. We're just trying to cheer ourselves up, but it's proving a bit, little bit difficult at the moment. Jordan, what are you I thinking? Know, I, I, I won't like you lads, the show's been a bit of a downer so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're the man to lift it, Jordan. Don't blame us, uh, Jordan. Blame the government, Paul. Don't blame us. No, no, like, I, I, I agree. Like, I, like, I just, just don't know what I'd said over it as much, but like you say, I've, yeah. I've been jabbed three times, mm-hmm. worn my mask, got my vaccine passport. I'd like to maybe see a stricter enforcement of the vaccine passport and the lateral flow instead of spot checks and piece numbers or like Craig's has said there, it feels like they've just pulled the figure out of somewhere. I'm not sure where, but do you know what I mean? Like 500 people at McDermott doesn't mean the same as 500 no. people at Parkhead or no. Hamden or Iberville. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I, think, I think what most people are frustrated about is everyone understands we're doing this to keep the health service under check, but like you have said, for those of us who have done everything we've asked for, why are we not getting the benefit of that and the people who haven't done what they've asked for not? Do you know what I mean, being penalised for or how is there with the club before making this announcement? From everything I've seen, it looks like the government have announced it without actually trying to contact. And then that puts so many businesses at risk. Yeah. Sorry, we're, str- we're struggling. Yeah. Well, I'll maybe uh, we'll maybe just try and re-establish uh, that line, producer James, uh, to to Jordan, because uh, it's pretty ropey at the moment. But he's asking the question there that I guess we're all asking is where this five hundred figure mm-hmm. comes from. Um, and yes, things are happening really quickly at the moment, and quick action is maybe uh, necessary. But but actually, we've had two years to be working on how many people you can safely have inside a football ground. Yeah, but this is a new variant, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah, but the Omicron variant. Yeah, but I, know, I know there's more protection and mm. there's the booster vaccination. But, 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 but if, it's going to, if it's 500 on January, would you, would you be as well not just saying it's zero? Just yeah. call it closed doors, which is effectively well, for, what for, it is for anyway. For huge clubs, but not for the clubs playing in League, no. league 2 and League you know, no, no, League 1, no. League well, 2. That's true. It's yeah. a good crowd for yeah. them, some Yeah, clubs, well, that's, that's right. You know, so... Um, I just feel as well that it's well. What if let's just say, let's just let's just turn it around a little bit. I'm all for playing games. I'm all for getting more people in stadiums. I'm all for this has been going on for two years. Why 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 can't we get more? What where's this five hundred number being plucked out of the air from? But let's turn it around a little bit. Let's say that this 
Omicron variant spreads like it's spreading like wildfire. Mm. And we don't take any notice of it. Nicola Sturgeon says, let's carry on. Let's just carry on as we've been going. We get 60,000 fans in, 50,000 into Ibrox, whatever it is, 52. We keep on going as it is. And what if this variant, this Omicron, spreads like wildfire? Which it's doing at the moment. Yeah, and, and we get casualties and we get hospitalizations, and the NHS can't can't mm. cope. And we get we get tragedies, you know, we we, we get people that are mm. losing their lives through yeah. it. And all of a sudden then we all go, Well, yeah. wow, what, what why didn't why didn't yeah. you take advantage of of the experts? Mm. You know, the people... that wouldn't be football's fault. That wouldn't be football's fault that well, it that would, because it of would, one game. Yeah, but it because would. of one game. It's not one game. It's not one game. We carry on for for the foreseeable future. It's well, not one yeah. game. What yeah. I'm saying is, if we take no notice of these scientists and just carry on as normal when it is spreading, yeah. and there's hospitalised, you know, they can't get nurses in. The NHS is rushed off their feet. Mm. People are actually losing their lives. Not many numbers, but there have been yeah. several who have, who have passed away. All of a sudden, people go, we should have called all that off. Yeah. We should have stopped everything else. And I'm only, I'm only just trying to turn it around well, a little bit. No, no. What you, we, what you're talking, we, what... we can't be totally ignorant no, no. of the scientific evidence no, what you, what you... that this is spreading. What you're talking about, John, is the big picture, yeah. and and that can't be ignored. And we and Absolutely. we and we can't lose sight of that. That that what we're talking about is a tiny pinprick on yeah. the on on that big picture because we're talking about something that is obviously a pandemic. Uh, and Jordan, do you? Do you grasp that part of it that, that sometimes we get a bit maybe a bit too wrapped up in what we all love, which is Scottish football? A hundred percent. What John's saying is spot on. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a horrible situation because Craig's mm. is right as well. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's just it's, it's terrible. Do you know what I mean? I think everyone, especially after last year, everyone's just a little bit more anxious this time of year. And then obviously all the stuff that's happened in politics just now is just leaving a really bad taste in people's mouths, you know, mm. and that's. Mm. It is it's horrible, and like you say, the, the big picture is is the main thing. And I think John, he's he's put it in plain terms. You know, I mean, it is when you when you think about all the things that can go wrong and everything that's happened in the last year, then it does sort of pale in comparison. And to be honest with you, if the league was to be finished early, then I don't think Rangers would be too happy because they wouldn't recognise the title. So mm. it's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and would you? I, what, what I mean, what Celtic were were saying right at the top of the show, uh, Jordan was that let let's do the winter break right now. Uh, would you support that move? I, I think so, yeah. Do you know what I mean, as, as much as it'd, it'd be terrible, do you know what I mean, everyone likes the festive break and there's loads of football on, and mm. then the, the, the Glasgow Derby on the second. For me personally, that's always a big, a big day out with my friends that I don't get to see very often. So, mm. do you know what I mean, you'd be gutted. But again, if 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 we're going to go three weeks at reduced capacity, we might as well make two of those and give the teams time to recover. Like you say, St Mirren have now not got enough people to field a team. Um, it, there he went. There he was. He was right in the, the cusp of breaking news for us, and he's mm. just disappeared. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Jordan. It was good to Cheers, good Jordan. to have, good yeah. to have you on the show uh, on a day um, when the fan cap was announced at five hundred from Boxing Day, when Celtic said, "Let's do the winter break right now, rather than after the second and third of January," and when, as Jordan says, St Mirren told us. Uh, that they don't have enough players to play their game against Celtic tomorrow night or against Rangers on Boxing Day. It's all happening and the football chat continues after the news at six.
Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with TheTaxiCentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Night after night, it's a rapidly changing football agenda on the show and maybe never more so uh, than in the last hour in which we've uh, heard Celtic asking for the winter break due to come in after the 2nd and 3rd of January games to be uh, moved forward after the COVID-19 restrictions were announced. Uh, St Mirren uh, have uh, given us the breaking news that they don't have enough players because of covid to fulfil their fixture tomorrow night home to Celtic and at Ibrox on Boxing Day against Rangers uh, so applying to the SPFL to have those games called off and all that on the back of the, the First Minister standing up earlier on in the afternoon uh, to tell us that there would be a 500 fan ceiling put on outdoor sporting events in Scotland uh, from Boxing Day and of course uh, that would include all manner of high profile fixtures including uh, Celtic against Rangers at the start of 2022. Let's uh, hope for better in the new year as uh, all that news is pretty gloomy. Uh, let's look back for a moment on uh, the Celtic uh, result against Hibs on Sunday, League Cup final, Premier Sports Cup final at uh, Hamden 2-1. They won, Kyogo got both goals. Uh, a lot of talking points on the back of it, uh, including uh, the uh, what Hibbs defender Paul McGinn had to say, and there's news today that he's been charged by the Scottish FA after describing referee John Beaton as inept. Um, again, who's normally a pretty mild-mannered guy, it would have to be said. Uh, he was incensed by Celtic's winning goal on Sunday. He was booked at the time for the complaints. Uh, he thought John Beaton was wrong to award a free kick, then compounded the mistake he felt, uh, Paul McGinn, by allowing it to be taken quickly as Hibbs paused, thinking there was a substitution about to happen. It didn't happen. Uh, and they were caught cold, weren't they, as the ball was played over the top. And it was a delicious finish, it would have to be said, by Kyogo for the goal that ultimately won the game. McGinn said uh, we, he, has, he has no control over the situation, talking about John Beaton. It's not a foul. And then the fourth official's holding the board. I think Jamie Murphy could stand over the ball, as you do, but he steps away from it to assume uh, that there's a sub happening uh, John Beaton, he says, just lets it happen and the goal goes in. I don't know if you see me running to him straight away and getting myself booked. Yeah, I think we did all see that. But it's just inept. Uh, That was the word he used about the officiating. Uh, And he says even 90 seconds later, Celtic are going to make a sub and uh, Ralston takes a quick throw in and he whistles it back for the sub to happen. I ran to him and just said, what's going on? There's no way we would have got that the other way. No way. And that's why I got booked. I can't imagine those were the exact words (laughs) he used. Uh, The Scottish FA charge is for a breach of disciplinary rule 72, which covers remarks that indicate 
uh, bias or incompetence on the part of a match official. A disciplinary hearing date has been set for the 13th of January, Craggs. I just wonder, will it be brought forward a week? They might bring it forward, Rob, to see if it's all right. Everything else is getting brought well, forward. Exactly. We'll bring that forward. Yeah. Uh, listen, it, it's, uh, it can be not the best time to speak after a game when you've lost and you think decisions have gone against you. Uh, maybe Paul should have reined himself in or someone should have spoke to him before he went out. Listen, I don't think you'll get too many people arguing that, that referees at times can be inept, that they're uh, incompetent at times, yeah. Mm. That there's inconsistencies, not just between different referees, but for the same referee. So, listen, I've been there myself when you're playing games and you feel as if you've been hard done by and you feel as if things haven't gone your way. I mean, I was on cold commentary, Jude, and I thought he was going to give a... I thought the, the sub was about to happen. Mm -hmm. However, as a defender, every time the ball goes dead, you have to make sure your full focus <clears> is on the ball, on the man, what you see, who you see. I think when the free kick is taken, the second goal, when Tom Rogic takes the free kick, again, I don't know if the referee blew his whistle for it to be taken, whether he just waved them on, but I thought before every decision, I thought the referee had to blow his whistle, so I don't know if his whistle was blown out. However, I think it might be Paul Hanlon who is actually walking back towards his own goal with his back to play. So Paul McGinn uh, may think that there was a substitution going to happen. Paul Hannon didn't because he's walking back towards his own goal. You know, he's completely switched off. He's he, he's irrelevant to what's going on mm -hmm. and he's actually the man that plays on, plays Kyogo inside for the goal. So you can always look and point fingers but ultimately as a defence, you know, both goals that had conceded, but the one thing you can't leave Kyogo Furuhashi with is space in behind the run. Particularly when Tom Rogic or Cal McGregor's on the ball because they can land the ball in a sixpence right in their area. And that's exactly what happens. So John Beaton may have had a poor game from Paul McGinn's eyes, but mm. the goals could have been dealt with much better. We were all at the game on uh, Sunday, uh, watching it from, well, Craggs was up on high. We were closer to ground level, John, where, where we yeah. were watching. Uh, what, what do you think about Paul McGinn's complaint? I'm actually glad that Paul's come out and said all these things about John Beaton. Because John Beaton, for me... There's many decisions um, that have uh, conspired into contra controversy that, that, he's, that he's made in the last season or two. Um, and okay, Paul's going to maybe get fined, he might get a ban. Craig's is right, might slightly maybe naive, maybe say it at a different time uh, when he's maybe, you know. Um, mm. But it needed to be said. Uh, I have been on the end, I've been the victim of some ludicrous calls mm -hmm. myself. Now, nothing can happen now. They're not gonna replay the game. Nothing generally happens. The referee very seldom gets pulled up by the, the referee and commission, whoever does that in, in the Scottish no. Premiership. So they don't they don't, they don't tend, it, they don't tend it, to be dropped, suspended no, or relegated, no, they do they? Rob, they don't, and they make bad decisions. Like players make bad decisions, we go sometimes over the top in challenges and we might, you know, shout and rant and rave at referees, you know, um, which you shouldn't do. But then, but we, players get punished for that. You know, referees tend to not because they're backed. Because if they punish them too much, they'll be up every single week. Yeah. Because some decisions are, as we know, are, are really, really poor for, 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 for all clubs. And Celtic, as it happened at the weekend, they, they were worthy winners. They were the better team on yeah. the day. But Paul's right. There was some decisions that could have gone Hibbs's mm. way. Um, I never really looked at the 
the foul too much. I'm just looking at the game. I'm looking at the game and I'm yeah. looking at the wonderful finish and I'm looking at the ball and I'm looking at McGregor's first pass into Kyogo mm. where the touch and things like that. Yeah. But from a Hibs point of view, Paul McGinn has, has got, you know, he's got every reason to look at why we conceded the goals and look at the yeah. referee decision. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'm not against him speaking out. No, not at all. As it happened, Celtic had the weekend. They got a few decisions in their favour. They've been on the wrong end of lots of decisions in the past. So many other clubs. Yeah. But nothing will happen now. Nothing will happen because of that referee. No, poor no that's gone. That's and happened. Celtic actually hold the cup and one of the, I'm one, I'm yeah. one of the And one of the oldest pieces of advice in football is to play at the whistle, isn't it? And, and not switch yeah. off as Hibs. But I'm actually, I'm actually quite happy that Paul had the guts. I, I want to get, I want to get to Darren. I want to get Darren, who's a Celtic fan, uh, on in just a sec. But just before we do, John, I just want to take you back to the start of that answer. And you said that John Beaton's been involved in lots of controversial situations over the last couple of years. Mm. What are you saying about? John Beaton, are you are you are you saying he's not good enough? I don't know about not good enough, but again at the weekend, this you know he, he could have given decisions to to Hibbs, which Celtic fans would have said that's not right. At the weekend, he gave decisions uh, against against Hibbs. Um, there's been other games. There's been other games with John Beaton that that you know he's made poor decisions. I could call up several referees. In he's not the only one. Exactly right. No. Yeah. Are we talking? That, the referee, so are you, are the referee, you maybe talking about the stand, the general standard yeah, the, of the, Scottish the standard referee? Standard of yeah. referees. Sometimes yeah. you know, I've seen. I've, this is we come in here. We yeah. come in here on Saturday. We we do two games and look at the television. I'm not. I'm not. Not labelling any club gets any favouritism from any other from other referees. What I'm saying is, is like some of the decisions. I've seen uh, are not up to the level that you'd expect. And you want it to be the same for everyone, don't you? Of course. You, you want it to be a level playing field. Right, let's get Darren on because he's been hanging about uh, for the last few minutes. Hi, Darren. Hi, guys. You Hi, Darren. It? How are you doing? Okay. Uh, I'm not too bad. Certainly better than better than some people today, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. What What are you thinking about the, the various announcements and decisions made today? I think deep down... Uh, it's 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 probably the the right the right um, decision. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I know people are hard to or didn't understand, and myself included. You know how you can say that you know tens of thousands of people can go to the football tomorrow, but you know in four or five days' time it's it's not allowed. You know it's it, it does seem a bit a bit um, strange, but I think we all seen it coming. The bonus is you know it's it's happening the day after Christmas or, or Boxing Day. From from Boxing Day onwards, so we can at least spend that that time with family and things like that. But mm -hmm. when it comes to football, my my, my big thing would be you know we, we, ideally we bring the winter break forward. Um, but again, I think it probably all hinges on on Sky, and it, uh, they've shown in the past that that they're not too um, uh, flexible when it comes to Scottish football. Eh? Is there an argument, Stephen Cregan, that these restrictions should have come in before Rangers' home game against Dundee United and the League Cup final, both crowds that went into tens of thousands? Well, particularly now there's been some comments from people within and around the government and, and, and MPs saying that, you know, they were spreaders. Well, they had the choice to call them off. Mm -hmm. You can't allow them to go ahead and then say after, well, you know, if those games hadn't been played, if you weren't happy with it, then they should have went to the SPFL or the SFA and said, listen, we're not happy. Mm. We don't want these to go ahead and give reasons why. You can't allow them to go ahead and then comment after. You can't comment after the event. Also, game's going ahead tomorrow night with crowds, <laughs> yeah, exactly. bigger, than, with crowds bigger than 500. If that's the big exactly. decision announced today, why, why is it not implemented yeah. immediately? Well, it's, I think it just sums up the last 
18 months to two years than the information coming out from the government. You know, I know politicians always like to point the finger and accuse others, but sometimes, you know, when you're the leaders, you, you have to, you know, bring out what's best now. Don't wait and hang on and then comment on it later on. If you think it needs brought in now, bring it in now. You know they've got their they've got the authority to do that. You know, we keep talking about data and evidence. Let everyone see it. Let everyone see what you've got. Put it out there. Put it out in black and white, and there's no argument from anybody. You know, why then delay and delay and, and we'll drop it down to this figure and we'll put it to there and we'll leave it a few days. If it's as bad as what they say, mm. you know, and if something's as bad as what people say, why why the wait? Why the wait and let us all go out and mix even more? Yeah. And John, John, I mean, you were talking about the big picture earlier on, rightly so. Uh, and Darren, by the sounds of it, has got things in perspective as well. Yeah. You know, and and actually, if only three households can can get together mm. for a for a Christmas dinner, uh, why should we be having massive crowds uh, inside football grounds? Not just inside football grounds, but actually yeah. the what that means in the way of people crammed closely together on the way in and on the way out. Yeah, and also remember what the the first um, pandemic did. How many people lost their lives? How many people were how rushed off their feet with the NHS? The, the world just went absolutely mad, just physically couldn't cope with all aspects of what was going on. There was no normality. Everything was just so strange, so weird. Um, you don't want... Now, I know this Omicron... Um, variant, and there's a booster jab that people can take, which gives you what 80%. And I don't quite know the figures, um, and I don't want to be criticizing, if you like, the scientific evidence, um, because I'm in no place to do no. that. I've got much respect for what the job that they do. But then why delay, John? Why delay? Why wait until Boxing Day? If it's as bad as what they say, why wait another five days? Yeah, I agree. When it, when it can become worse in, in those five days, well, then, why, why you know? the People are saying now, uh, that I've just read a little piece there, that the, the game at the weekend, the cup final, mm -hmm. was a complete shouldn't have happened mm -hmm. because if it was around then, it's going to be around now, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, where, where do you draw the line? Where, when do you say enough is enough? Um, listen, this might just pass. It might just pass in, in two to three weeks and we'll mm -hmm. be back to normality again but looking at the way that it's going looking at uh, I think it might well be a lot more than three weeks before we get back to any sort of normality in crowds again Darren do you think the government just were almost bottled out of that decision ahead of both the league not just the league cup final but the Rangers game at home to Dundee United as well that, that at that stage they decided they were they were fearful about what the reaction was going to be at that point rather than doing it a few days later do, do you think that's where that came from? I, I think there's a, a lot of things, and I think it's not just around football, the decision that's been made, you know, I think the, the fact that they've left it until the 26th day of December shows that they're not just concentrating on football, and I, I know as football fans um, will see that we've been victimised by the government and things like that, but the fact that they've left it until after Christmas shows that they're actually like a whole societal mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, Outlook on it, and I'm, I'm I'm with Craig's though. You know, saying you know, looking at the the, the data, you know, I don't understand how you can say that you can have 200 people at an indoor seated event, event, but you're only allowed 500 people. You know, in a open air, you know, at Celtic Park with 60,000 or Ibrox with 50 or whatever it is. You know, that that's the that's the bit that's pickled me. But as for the weekend there, I think 
probably a wee bit of the kick up had it been cancelled, but actually they've waited and you know made sure that everybody's had had the Christmas. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if um, if the first minister was taking questions when she made that announcement today, but you no. you would have imagined that no, one I, of the first questions that would have been stage, asked. She was in. She was in right Hollywood because what what we're all screaming to have answered is where did that five hundred figure come from? Do you think that was? Premeditated that she would be in Hollywood rather than stand in front of the cameras, Rob. Do you think uh, those questions may have came? So if you put are yourself, are we talking a, tactical? No, here? well, very tactical. <laughs> so I'm saying if you put yourself in a position where you can't be asked questions, and and everyone in the government has agreed to it, then you know you you don't have to answer. Which is why then I said about Neil Doncaster and the SPFL, the Joint Response Group, they should be probing and asking the questions. They should be wanting answers. Yeah. Privately, they should be wanting well, to know John, why. John Swinney here. John Swinney, a Scottish politician, currently serves well, as de Deputy First Minister, Deputy isn't he? First Minister of, of, um, of um, Scotland, has basically come out and said, fears Celtic, John Swinney fears Celtic Hibs clash could have been COVID super spreader mm. event. Yeah. So people are, why speak now? Why not, mm -hmm. why that's not point, make That's the first point I made. A couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Start um, on Friday. So it's the delay. It's, yeah. everybody's looking to blame everybody. You know, there's, a, there's I, I don't know. It's, it's just, um, as I said, I, I think they're making decisions for, for, the, for the right reasons. Mm. Although I don't want to sound like a party pooper. There's nothing more I'd like than, than to see all the crowds back yeah. and everybody enjoying the festive, the festive period, you know, football is a huge part mm. of the festive. There's games on Boxing Day, 29th, New Year's 2nd. Yeah. You know, there's all of that. And I love being cracked. We'll be working most of these games. Mm. But um, Me too. You know, and, and you, Rob, yeah, you might be uh, yeah, working somewhere. Oh, no, but, no doubt about that. Yeah, you will be, of course yeah. you will. Rob's got his invoice in already. I just think so. I, I think that we can't go down the... Yeah, people will have a moan. Of course they will, because we've been here before. Um, and where do they pluck the 500 fans out of? And why, why is it not a percentage when there's 500 people can go and watch Aloha? And yeah. 500 people only allowed into Saturday. Don't Park. mention Alloa again. You'll have Barry Ferguson to deal oh, with if you're not careful. Um, Darren, before you go, um, in pursuit of Christmas cheer, how much did you enjoy Sunday? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was listening in the car on the way back from my mum's. It was a 60th birthday on Sunday. So All right. I was listening in the car. Mm -hmm. uh, caught the last 20 minutes or so, but it was really good. Um, I, I feel a relief around there now, you know, just to get that. That first one for Ange, mm. uh, or hopefully it's the first, first the mini, um, and to, to be this at this stage compared to or at this stage uh, the rebuild um, so quickly is, yeah. is quite um, promising. Incredible progress made, and do you think Celtic are serious contenders for the title? I, I think if we continue with the momentum, I think that cup win will, will give some of the or most of the players who haven't you know got that winning mentality. It'll give them a boost. Push it. Well, hopefully would have pushed us through December um, and then get a couple of um, players in January would have, would have seen us through. Hope you enjoyed your mum's 60th and take care of yourself. Cheers, guys. All the best. Happy Cheers, Christmas. Girl. Yeah, you too. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. It's been a day of dramatic happenings. Uh, across Scottish football, if we're looking at the small picture, 
Um, it's a, just a dreadful situation all round in terms of uh, what this pandemic and the new variant is uh, doing to us. And it is a constantly moving picture. And uh, you just get the feeling um, that uh, some of the governments involved in the decision making are playing catch up. Um, and Scottish football clearly, as far as we're concerned on this show, is being affected um, all on the back of uh, what the First Minister said earlier on today. For indoor standing events, the limit will be 100. For indoor seated events, it will be 200. And for outdoor events, at 500 seated or standing. Physical distancing of one metre will be required at events that go ahead within these limits. Uh, this will, of course, make sports matches, including football, effectively spectator-free over this three-week period, a, a situation similar to that in Wales from Boxing Day. Since then, of course, uh, we've heard from St Mirren telling us that uh, their game against Celtic tomorrow night can't go ahead because they don't have enough first-team players available, a fresh outbreak of uh, COVID infection in, in the St Mirren camp this morning. Uh, they had, at that point, they were going to be able to put out a team uh, severely weakened, but they were going to be able to fulfil the fixture, but not now because uh, those numbers have now gone over the edge. They can't play. They say tomorrow night they can't play Boxing Day at Ibrox either. Um, and on the back of that, um, as the picture continued to move in the course of the first hour of the show, uh, Celtic and Motherwell both calling for the Scottish Premiership winter break to be <coughs> moved forward. Uh, that was the cough of John Hartson, um, but he's okay. He's uh, done his test and you're okay. Um, if Craig's had coughed, you wouldn't have called him out for that, would you? I would. But go yeah. on. No, no. Rob and I are close, John. Don't worry about that. I know yeah. you are, yeah. Me and Rob are closer. We go back a long way. We do indeed. Um, so both clubs, Celtic and Motherwell, asking for the winter break to be moved forward uh, to avoid fixtures being impacted by the capped capacities because, of, the, of course, that kicks in on a Boxing Day. Um Nicola Sturgeon making that announcement earlier. Hearts have also told fans at the moment they're exploring all options. We've had the statement of the joint response group, uh, which represents Scottish football as a whole. It hasn't told us a whole lot, but it does suggest that they are investigating everything at the moment, including the, the financial impact. Uh, three fixtures in the Premiership were due to go ahead um, tomorrow night. Uh, we know already that uh, the St Mirren Celtic game is, well, at best under threat, but pu presumably um, there is an inevitable conclusion to that situation and that the game will be called off. So in terms of uh, what we are left with uh, tomorrow night Crags I'm just looking for my sheet well, we have which, which are the two that are on St Johnston against Ross County yeah. and Hibs against Aberdeen Yeah, as it stands it's interesting you should talk about the Motherwell statements actually Alan Burroughs has put a, quite a uh, something on Twitter and it was through that and he's just saying we should start the winter break now arrange these matches when all fans have a chance to attend at a later date hopefully when restrictions are eased the key being mm. when is a later date yeah, you know, I understand. Bring it forward. That's the point we're making. But you know, his argument is that you know, as a club, having to pick five hundred, you know, the emotional aspect, the the mental health side of it from from fans from football. That's all what he's put on his his message he's put out. But arranging it for a later date, if possible. So that's what we're left with now. Mm -hmm. Because we listened to the first minister's um, statement earlier. Mm -hmm. Five hundred fans. This, this, this. No reason why they came to that conclusion. No, because of this. Or it's this is the this is what it tells us. This is a reason why we said nothing. It's just a left, and that's why it's left clubs mm. releasing statements saying when it might ease, if we can play them at a later date. You know, there's mm. too many questions coming out from the statements that have 
came out today from the government. And that's why clubs are confused, supporters are frustrated. Everyone's thinking, well, what is the plan? What is the plan? Mm -hmm. Just three weeks? No, it's not. Possibly another three weeks after that. That's the that's the frustration, Rob. Not even just with football, life in general. Mm -hmm. That we don't know what direction we're going in. And it feels like we're going back to, to June or July 2019. We're going back almost two years to think, are we back here again? How long is it going to last? What are we going to do? Where's the uncertainty? Where's the concern? People you know, become anxious. They're not knowing what to do. Who do they speak to? Where do they go? I just think it, it brings it all up without should, any real reason behind it. Should this be happening in a unified way rather than Celtic issuing a statement, Motherwell issuing a statement, yeah. uh, Davy Martindale of Livingston had his say at the weekend about the, the winter break. Yeah. It's just coming at us one at a time. Well, I think it's frustrations. Could, could this not all be pulled together by Scottish football as a whole to say, you know, yeah, we've heard what the government are uh, recommending in the way of restrictions. Mm. We'll, let's just take this into our own hands. Let's have the break well, right people, now. People like to have opinions. You know, people don't like to be governed by um, somebody like the, the the Scottish FA or the Scottish SPFL. People want opinions, even mm. if they said that this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You would still have people like me and Craig's on this show giving our opinion on that decision. Yeah, but people like to give their own opinion on things, don't they? But it just seems to be going in in one direction at the moment, doesn't it? For yeah. the clubs, it, they, they 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 don't want limited uh, a limited attendance. No, they they just they, they want don't. to say let's stop. It's going to stop anyway on the third yeah. of January, so let's stop it right now. And that, you know, just from two clubs releasing statements from Davy Martindale talking about it you'd imagine his club would vote to stop right now. So if it goes to a hands-up vote, you can imagine come uh, sometime tonight or tomorrow morning, Rob, I would imagine that football will stop in Boxing Day. I'd, I'd be very surprised yeah. now if we have well, the fixtures why, on Boxing Day. Why would Day. David Martindale be, be for stopping it? Because he spoke out last week saying that he, he he wants to cut, he thinks we should stop. Right. That's what he said last week, wasn't yeah. it? Because he, he, I think he, well, I think, we probably all saw where this was going yeah. rapidly. So he's uh, saying stop now rather than just trying to But push earlier on, push on, we were criticising the fact that there's only, I was, mm. 500 supporters yeah. and why is it that, you know, people are going shopping mm. and we can't get more people in the football ground. Well, so Davy's, uh, which, Davy's opinion is totally different from ours at the start well, of the night. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but but Well, maybe not because what he's essentially saying is why are we talking about 500 fans in a football ground? Uh, why why don't we just call it off? And, and, you know, we're having a winter break anyway. Yeah. Have it now where the, 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 the transmission figures are going through the roof. Is the reason why um, the government... Um, Nicola Sturgeon in particular, the First Minister, is is calling these, making these sort of statements. Isn't it ultimately to save people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the most important of course thing that we should be talking of about? Yeah. Of course it is. And allowing the but NHS the the delay, to do what they can it's do. It's the delay. People's lives are as important tomorrow as they are next Saturday. Boxing Day. Well, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's a politician. It shouldn't matter what day of the week it is. If people's lives are important, well then, try and save them now. Mm. Don't allow people to suffer for another four or five days and then say, well, we'll do it later in the day. Don't complain about what happened at the weekend with 110,000 people or 100,000 people at two games at Ibrox and Hamden Park. Yeah. Don't go back and talk I about agree. that now. I agree, absolutely. No. If people's lives are important today as they are tomorrow, they were, in, they were important yesterday. Mm. So that's where the frustration boils down to. Yeah, this was uh, Ange Postacoglu talking earlier on today. He was talking before the announcement was made, but he was being asked about an early winter break. I just can't look at these things as some sort of hypothetical situation because 
you know, if I use all my time, I'm trying to figure out whether that's a good solution. And then tomorrow somebody says to me, well, no, actually this is happening. Then I'll just waste limited brain space I have. It's something that may or may not happen. And like I said, all, all these things are obviously a concern. You know, it's not like, like I said, I'm not dismissing them, but uh, yeah, you'd appreciate uh, not just me, every, every person in my position at the moment, probably everyone, yourselves, including life. There are things happening on an hourly basis that could potentially affect your life. You just got to deal with what's before you. There's a game tomorrow, which is on at the moment. I mean, that's at the forefront of my mind, you know. And this was him talking about closed doors football. My instant reaction is, I mean, I don't like it in terms, I don't like football played behind closed doors. I had a, pretty much a season of it in Japan and I just didn't enjoy it. You know, there was, to me, it becomes a different game. Um, becomes, you know, a different sort of environment even for the players. And of course, my preference is to play with, with supporters in there, uh, even if it was a, a reduced capacity. Um, but again, as with all these things, um, we have to follow the guidelines and have to follow whatever protocols are put in place. And, you know, we as a club have to accept that and, and just get on with it. One of the games that is going ahead tomorrow night, as things stand, is Hibs against Aberdeen at Easter Road. Stephen Glass was uh, speaking to the media today and uh, looking ahead, I was going to say looking forward, but that would be the wrong uh, words to use um, to restricted crowds for uh, two big matches for Aberdeen coming up um, against Dundee and Rangers at Petaudry, which would both uh, be uh, meaning big crowds. Yeah, a club like Aberdeen, and I think the, the biggest impact is going to clearly be the Dundee game at home on Boxing Day and the Rangers game at home on the 29th. There's no doubt we'd rather play that in front of the people that have come home for Christmas to watch us and they've already bought tickets. I think the club provide a safe environment, but we don't make those decisions. If it was playing in front of very, very limited fans, I would, of course I would rather not play and play in front of a big crowd in those games, 100%. The, the bit I'm saying that I don't see the reasoning, if that is the case, hypothetically, is why would you say this rule is really important in four days, three days' time, but not tomorrow night? I don't see the reasoning at all and I don't see the sense in it. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Uh, you know, the three things I've just noted down, the t- it's, and listen, not a scientist by any matter of means, haven't saw any kind of data, but it's the timing of it, the reasoning and the logic. That's basically what Stephen Glass is alluding mm-hmm. to there. That's basically what he's saying. And it's, it's what we've reiterated over the past hour and 35 minutes. You know, we're not going against the fact that it's there and it's live and it's hurting people and people are suffering and people are ill. Absolutely, we get that. But it's the fact of, you know, the, the timing of bringing this announcement then delaying it by a few days no real reasons behind it of going to 500 if that's what they're talking about it's either everybody in or no one in uh, and just the logic behind it all when you put it all together I, I, I just it doesn't make sense for me well, that's go, all going on to the football if I can mm-hmm. one second Rob yeah please do that's a good game tomorrow night yeah you know Hibs do manager looking to bounce back the players will be I know Sean Maloney was there at the weekend but just recently announced with his staff um, David Gray, first team coach alongside Gary Caldwell. Um, you know, the players will be itching to make an impact uh, on the manager. Mm. Uh, they need to get back to winning ways because they're not in, in a great run of form anyway. Um, and of course, Aberdeen. What's Aberdeen? They, they don't have the fun. one three one on the bounce. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a great run for mm. them. They'll take a big crowd. Yeah, you know, t- tomorrow night because it, it won't come into effect tomorrow night, will no. it? No. So they'll take a big uh, travelling support there tomorrow. Mm. Um, and that that's very difficult. If you're asking me how I would predict that, that that, that would I be am difficult. asking you. Well, Aberdeen, you'd probably say slight favours because of the run that they're on. But Hibs at home, new manager. Mm-hmm. 
Now, there, before it's actually, difficult. before you go as far as the prediction, and I'm glad you got us back to football. We've been yeah. submerged naturally uh-huh. um, in talking about capped attendances tried, and, and an early winter break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely, and and it and it's a, it's a it's a gloomy outlook, however you carve it up at the moment. But I'm interested in your thoughts about Sean Maloney, who was announced yesterday, confirmed. We we knew it was coming. Um, but he is the new yeah. manager of Hibs. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's um, it's a great job. It's a wonderful opportunity for Sean to go into his first job as manager, the number one. Um, he's a very bright lad, Rob. He's been working with somebody who's very well respected, like Roberto Martinez, who, he, who, he, who was his manager at Wigan. Um, took him to the, the Belgium setup. Listening to um, one or two of the the players at Belgium speaking about him today, um, saying he's a great coach, knows what he's talking about, very thorough with what he wants from the team. Um, Roberto Martinez lets him go and do some coaching alongside Thierry Henry, who's there with him. Um, and I think Hibs have made a very shrewd appointment. I really do. Um, Hibs Football Club have had Several managers, Jack Ross, have stayed for you know how long was it? Eighteen months or something like that. Two years, a couple of years, years, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think in terms of uh, choosing and uh, the next manager in after Jack Ross, I think it's a great job for Sean. I think he'll give it everything he's got, and I think he'll he'll add something different to what they've got with his knowledge that he's picked up um, over the over the time that he's been. No, nobody knows. It's his first. It's his first opportunity, Rob. But. Mm. You know, you look at other managers like you know Paul Lambert, Alec McLeish, Tony Mowbray. You, you've got to take that. You've got to take that jump somewhere. Yeah. And he's gone in on his own, and I think it's a good appointment. I hope it is, genuine because he's a great lad, Sean, and he uh, he wants to learn, and I think he wants to he wants to be successful in management. This is where he sees his future. Mm. I was a bit different 15 years ago when I was retiring. I went straight into to Sant to Satanta. And I've done the BBC and I've done other shows and BT and obviously everything else that the and media... go radio. A bit of go radio. <laughs> but the management thing never really entered my mind. I did a little bit of coaching. I did, Sean has gone straight into it. Yeah. So he's I gone mean, and done his badges. He's learned from one of the best, best number one ranked team in the world, yeah. working with wonderful, talented players. And I think it's a shrewd appointment from Hibbs, and I hope he does well, and I think he will do well. It's an imaginative appointment, mm. that's for sure, isn't it? But it's going to be a big jump for mm. Sean, and he'll know it himself. He's a sharp guy. But, I mean, A, he's going from working with some of the best players in the world um, to working with players who, you know, however good they were, would be inferior to yeah, a lot of, of the players. But also, he's not been the number one. At Belgium, he's not no, been the guy correct. that's been staring into faces before they go out to play. That that's going to be that's going to be the new thing for him, yeah. isn't it? Which is why I'll reserve judgment because I don't know what he does, how his team play, how he wants them to play, because we've never witnessed it before. There's no evidence. So until you see a manager, until you see him working, until you see his team responding to what he wants, then you can start to see the pattern moving forward. What I would say is, is a huge job in Scotland. You mm. know. There's lots of managers out with Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, the top five clubs in the country. All other managers in the leagues would think, I wouldn't mind being a Hibs manager one day. I've worked my way up trying to get into mm. that position. So for Sean to be given that as his a first... A good level to start yeah, with. For to be given his first job mm. brings with it high risk. And I heard Ben Kensel, the chief executive, saying, we like his attacking philosophy. Well, <laughs> that's it's all theory. 
Mm. You know, everything that he's talking about is theory because we haven't saw the hard evidence on the pitch. So the key is he will have a, a way of how he wants to play. He'll have pictures in his mind. He'll have ideas in his mind. He'll have taken from every manager. And he'll think, right, this is what I want to do. The challenge now is putting it onto the players, getting them to believe it, understand it, and training first, then into games and winning games. That's the key. You can have the best philosophy in the world. You can have as many coaching badges as you want. If you don't win games of football as a manager, then you know the job doesn't work. However, I sincerely hope he does well. And all being well, it all starts for Sean Maloney tomorrow night, Easter Road. Hibs against Aberdeen. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. Well, we have tried to raise the odd smile here or there um, on the show tonight. Not been easy, though. Uh, start off by saying right at the top that uh, 21st December is the darkest day of the year and it's uh, it's been more gloomy news for us to impart with those stadium restrictions upcoming, effectively meaning closed doors football from Boxing Day onwards. But uh, will football go as far as Boxing Day? We wonder already one game. Uh, looks as if it's going to be off tomorrow night. It'll almost certainly be off at St Mirren against Celtic with the Paisley team saying uh, that they've had more COVID positives uh, and they can't put out a team basically tomorrow or on Boxing Day at Ibrox. So they're asking the SPFL to have those games called off. And then, of course, in the first part of the show as well, Celtic issued a statement. Motherwell have uh, come in with their view as well that uh, the winter break due to be 3rd of January after the Edinburgh Derby uh, should be instituted a whole lot earlier, maybe right now to attack the situation rather than uh, delaying any longer. So that's been the the background from which we've been operating on the show tonight. Good to, been good to have you involved, uh, giving us your uh, reactions alongside John Hartson, Stephen Craig and myself, uh, Rob McLean. Um, always nice to talk about football where we can and not all the administration and the decision-making that goes around it. Um, two days, of course, after Celtic won the first silverware of the Scottish football season. And where does Ange Postecoglou uh, rate that success along his, uh, alongside his other achievements? I always get asked this question. that, that I, I can't separate them because I know they've all had blood, sweat and tears poured into them every, you know, every success that I've been lucky to be part of. But it was, it was special, not just, I guess, for me personally, but when I looked around that dressing room and you, know, you just sort of visualise the individual sort of journeys that some of those guys have had. And like I said, I feel fortunate to be a part of that. And it's something that, you know, again, when dust settles and decided to, to not do what I do now, I'll reflect on those days, but more importantly, I'll reflect on the people I share them with. That's always been what's special to me. Uh, but it was it was definitely a great moment and, and one I'll cherish. Fantastic achievement for him. Um, I interviewed him right afterwards and, and asked him the question. He kind of uh, sidestepped a wee bit, John, when I said to him, does that take pressure off for you to win the first trophy that you can possibly land um, he kind of deflected it a bit, but it, but it does lift a little bit of pressure off, doesn't it, to have silverware this early on? Absolutely, I think I think it's a real morale boosting win for Celtic in terms of what he had to do when he came in. You know, looked around you and said, "We need a lot of bodies in there. We need quality players," and he's brought in several that have made a huge difference to the team. Um, his, his shape has been questioned in terms of 4-3-3. Mm. Never 
um, wilted to the press or the fans in terms of changing the shape. That's the way he wants to play. That's his beliefs, his philosophy. His philosophy. Um, and now what he's done is not that he hadn't already. I think Hans Postecoglou now, having won the first his first trophy and 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 the the season's first trophy this season, he cemented his personality on the club, and that'll mean an awful lot to him to mm. the to the people upstairs believing this guy, because what he's done in six months has been nothing short of a, of remarkable. Mm. The way they sell like a pass in the ball, the way that they play, you know, and to go and win your your first trophy, to bring that joy back as well to the fans, um, you know, and the board now will will be thinking we've got someone very very good here. We need to you know we need to back this manager. He's got a real chance in terms of his personality, um, and I like the fact that you know he's. Not taking pressure off because I don't think he. I don't think he thinks. Like I don't think he works. feels pressure. To be honest, he wants to go on to the next one. And and the way that I, I hear the way he trains and he's on the training ground and he's pushing people forward. He's trying to get the maximum out of every single yeah. player. And maybe, you know, maybe at some stage, all these hamstring injuries, hamstring injuries are stress related injuries. So be, mm. what, what that's telling me is. He needs more. He needs more options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs more players at the football club. Because He's using the same core of the team too four, much four because he has to. Now. And the likes of Jota is such an important player. He's always available on the left hand side. Jota, he always wants the ball and he'll take it forward. He can go round the outside to the to the goal line and deliver. He can cut inside like he's done and shoot, or he can create goals. But what what he's done is, and he's almost said. I've earned the right now, guys, you know, to the hierarchy, yeah. to the money men, to come in and make a couple of good signings. Not only now will they back, they have to back yeah. him because he's cemented his personality. And he's delivered a trophy. And his talent. Yeah. He's really talented yeah. as a manager. What have we seen so far? I'm just listening to, to John there, Craig's talking about a sensational six months of progress. And I'm thinking, it could have been Eddie Howe. <laughs> Yeah. Eddie Howe was the man Celtic yeah. were after. Well, it was. It was clear and obvious that was the one they wanted in. Uh, I think many may now look and think, we're delighted Eddie didn't agree. Mm. Yes, it put even more pressure on the board. It put even more pressure on Ange Postacogli because of the timing of when he came in. So he had to work even quicker. And he was clearly second best. Yeah. He was second choice. Well, he maybe was back in May, but he's certainly not now. No, no, choice, no I, you know. I mean then. Yeah. yeah. But what, what winning the trophy does just convinces the players that little bit more, if any more needed convinced, that this is the way to do it. I mean, what I'm telling you, it works. It's a success, so it's a recipe for success. Keep doing it. I'll try and add more players as we go so I can relieve a little bit of pressure in certain parts of the team so we can retain a little bit more. But this is what we want to do. You know, we've had injuries, we've had setbacks, we've had key players missing, but we've still continued to win games. It hasn't always been fluent and free-flowing. They've had to win games in other ways, which will please them as well. Because as a manager, you don't want to just be one-dimensional and say, well, we play with the ball and if we don't win, we don't win. No, you've had to grind it out. You've had to dig out results. Um, and also, you're talking about pressure. If, if a manager shows any signs of pressure or any kind of change in his demeanour, players pick up on it. Mm. Players are quick to pick up on these things. So, you know, I, I think I heard some of the guys talking after at the weekend saying, uh, you know, Ange hasn't, had, hasn't brought any staff in. That tells you how much he believes in himself. That shows you how much he trusts and backs his outlook in football and what he wants to do. Because you can, any staff you want, I know what I want. 
they'll work for me I'll tell them what I want and I'll tell the players what I want so that tells me he's a an on-pitch coach he's not someone who sits back and watches and allows all of him he's the man at the heart of it so that whole transformation of the club and the team is down to him which is why he doesn't see any pressure because he thinks I know what I'm doing right it's been successful in the past and it'll be successful in the future it's, it's one loss one loss in 16 games mm. that and that was Leverkusen in Germany Leverkusen yeah. absolutely right and I think Rob a couple of weeks ago I read out a stat it was 18 different goal scorers mm. for Saturday I don't know if that's maybe changed now maybe more but um, that's incredible yeah. in terms of the goals that you're getting from all areas what it says, I mean I said on, at the weekend it's the injuries is the concern because the only players who haven't had any kind of injury or been out for a sustained period up until Sunday, David Turnbull was one of them. Mm-hmm. He's now going to have a sustained period out. Um, Although he might have quite a long time to yeah, recover. Exactly. Cameron, Is that another hamstring? Yeah. Carter Vickers hasn't hasn't been out, missed any games. No. Um, Starfelt's missed very few. Start, well, he still missed a few with his knee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not saying it's all muscle injuries, mm-hmm. but you know, with the with the intensity they play that and the dynamism that he requires of every single player to play. Midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend is a lot over a, a six or seven week period. That's a lot of games, a lot of high intensity, a lot they'll of distance strikes. to be covered. They'll add, so they have to add. They have to yeah. add, be, they add need, because they need they need a bigger squad. Yeah. They you need know, to puff out. It yeah. also was a bit having a little pop at the ones who are in the squad and aren't fit enough to play on his team and can't play the way he yeah. wants to. You know, there's lots of guys sitting on that bench. He's looking around and thinking, well, I've brought some in. I mean, Sorrow wasn't even a sub. You know, that tells you that yeah. you know the, there's going to be surplus of requirements and he's going to have to go and bring himself in another three or four players. We do have a man in the studio who scored uh, more than 100 goals for Celtic, 110, I think. Um, we could maybe add in a couple of... Did you have any own goals against Celtic that we could maybe add oh, into yeah, our Celtic yeah, total few, in the studio? Few, so yeah, maybe you can go beyond 110 should anyway. Been, should have been 112, but there we go. So I won't, I won't <laughs> go on to that. What did you miss? We're, we're back what to John Beaton again. No, it wasn't John Beaton in you those days. <laughs> I'm, so what, what I was leading up to there, John, was 16 goals now for Kyogo. Uh, how many is he going to score this season if the season is completed if and if fit. he stays injury-free? Well, listen, without putting too much pressure on his um, Japanese young shoulders, um, he, he's a phenomenon. There's two goals. The, the way that he took his goals, Rob, he, you can't help but admire his touch. And what I love about him, right? How many goals he's going to score? 30 plus, right? What I love about him, he doesn't complicate his game. Mm-hmm. When the ball comes into him, his touch is away from the defender and he gives it to a midfielder, right? Mm-hmm. The other side, he gets it before the defender. His touch is away from the defender. Yeah. He's neat and tidy. His mm-hmm. all-round game is fantastic. Great movement when the team have the ball. Gives the team lots of options in terms of making runs. Darts in between centre-halves. Um, and it's instinctive, isn't it? Technically excellent. His mm. first touch. But he showed it several times, you know, this season already. His first touch is exquisite. You know, the, this this guy, I'm like, he impresses me every time. The more I see him, the more... And I think the Celtic fans are the same. The, the more you see him, the mm. more you see him do these brilliant things on a football pitch... You can't help but be impressed. Every time I see him, he gets better and better. I have to say, he was quiet for long spells on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two chances, but two two goals. big moments are right. Mm-hmm. Boom. And that's yeah. a sign of a top-class player. Yeah. Who he played, wasn't, I mean, he wasn't fully fit, was he? wasn't 100% no. fit. So he knew how to manage his game. He knew he had to wait for the moments when the moments arrived. The time was right, the touch was right, the finish was right. That's what you class as a top-class player. There was a time, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, where maybe he was being overtaken, had been overtaken by Jota as the most impactful player of the season so far for Celtic, maybe. 
but but I think I just think what happened on Sunday has put him back in the in the driving seat as Celtic's top player well, of the season might, so far, John. He, he might go two or three games without a goal. You know, Ange might take him back out again now because he's you know he's he's he's, he's played. He took him off. Did he take him off? Or did he finish the game? He took him yeah, off. He took him, him off. Yeah. You know, and, and all of a sudden you might think again. Now listen, just have have, have maybe he's too big to leave him out. Yeah. By the way, if he's had any signs of him being fit, but that might have took a little bit out of his legs mm. at the weekend. So it's just a case of managing what you have. I thought Mikey Johnson had an opportunity, but again, I thought he was a bit quiet. Yeah. At at the weekend, a barder didn't show the greatest of quality from, from the wide areas when he yeah. had opportunities to pick people out. But hey, we're ending the show talking about football, which is great mm. because uh, we've had to impart all yes, sorts of bad absolutely. news um, and we will continue to pilot you through all that. But Merry Christmas to you, Crags. Uh, yes. Thanks for thanks for the gift, Rob. Very much appreciated. Not, not at all. Invoice in the post. Thanks and uh, John, thank you <laughs> as well. Have a happy Christmas. Look after thank yourselves. You, and you, that yeah. goes to all of you as well. But we'll I will talk to you again on Thursday and Paul and guests will talk to you tomorrow live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.